Hey, I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for listening. Let's find out what it's like being freelance for illustrator Emmeline Pigeon. There's always ups and downs, like with any freelance business. But for me, when I have a quieter time, I pour everything into working on my own projects. So it doesn't feel like a quieter time, but obviously money-wise it might be. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I really even enjoy the accounting side of things. I love being every role in the business. Like I love the marketing and the negotiating with clients and yeah, I love it. Yeah, so there is Emmeline, who I've been dying to talk to for ages for this. We've had so many full starts. Like I swear, the first time we we went to talk, the computers went wrong. And then the second time, my daughter got chickenpox. Then the third time, her computer totally died. Then the fourth time, my daughter like had a sickness, vomiting-type bug, and we had to postpone again. So, yeah, it felt jinxed, but finally we got to talk. Emmeline was the totally rightful winner of Freelancer of the Year 2016 here in the UK, which is run by Ipse, which is like the, oh, I, oh, I can never remember, like the Institute of the Professional and Self-Employed or something like that. Anyway, they run this competition every year and I, I was in the final last year and ended up sitting next to Emmeline and we spent a lot of the day chatting and in the pub afterwards and she she's she what she does with her business is awesome. So I couldn't wait to find out what the year after winning has had in store for her. Like I've deliberately held back because I wanted to find out what would happen in that year after winning. So you can find details of National Freelancers Day at beingfreelance.com. We'll put a link there. While you're there, don't forget to check out the vlog, which is me documenting my freelance week and sign up to the newsletter so you can get inspired on a weekly basis. And, oh, of course, hit subscribe on the flipping podcast if you haven't. Uh, that would be marvellous. But first, let's go to the northwest of England and say hey to Emmeline Pigeon, who is a freelance illustrator. Hey, Emmeline. Hello. Right, so as ever, how about we get started hearing about how you got started being freelance. Yeah, sure. Well, I graduated from University College in Falmouth in Cornwall. And straight after I graduated, I just went into freelancing. I was like, I know what I want to do, so I'm just going to go for it. And for the first few months, I had a part-time job, uh, just like a sales position. But I kept finding it was really (laughs) draining my creativity and I didn't really have any time to do the work I really wanted to do. So I went full-time freelance and that was about six years ago. So it's been going okay. Wow. So how did you go about finding the the work? Uh, My first steps was pretty much to make a really good online presence, like set up a portfolio website and get on all, all the social medias. And so in building that up, I... I was quite lucky to find that people were coming to me rather than me going like out specifically hunting for jobs. I just got some really nice emails in my inbox. So I'm not not complaining about that. Wow. So so was that a, an online presence that you were building up while you were at college? So pres, pres, university, presumably doing yeah. an art-based course? Yeah, it was a, a BA on illustration degree. Um and part of our third year was to to set up a website, which was really useful. And we got some some good lessons on uh, navigating the freelance world as well. Which, oh wow! Because yeah. often we don't hear that. Like often yeah. people bemoan the actual vocational education. So even while you were studying, you then started put, putting yourself out there 
Yeah. Um, who was contacting you? Like businesses? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of my first jobs were smaller local businesses and um, schools and things like that. But uh, I'm trying to remember. It feels like so long ago. But then I did get an agent within my first year of business, which uh, expanded my reach quite a lot. And uh, my first pitch book was with an American publisher. So that's obviously quite a, quite a lot further away than uh, local Lancashire businesses. But And do you still work with an agent now? No, they weren't great at all. I made the decision to leave and I've, I've not had an agent for about probably about five years and I I quite enjoy it but there's pros and cons definitely um and it's something that yeah I might think about again but it's obviously not stopped you getting the work that's for sure no no so basically you're saying that for the past what six years then it's all just been a steady stream of stuff coming which is built upon itself through yeah through the work you share online yeah there's always ups and downs like with any freelance business but for me, when I have a quieter time, I'll, I'll like pour everything into working on my own projects. So it doesn't feel like a quieter time, but obviously money-wise it might be. Do you remember when you first came a- across that, as in like suddenly there wasn't the work? Had you anticipated that happening? I did anticipate it. Because <laughs> if you think about freelancing, like everything's on you, so there's going to be times where you're going to be focusing on a certain aspect of your business and you're not, say, hunting for jobs or doing the promotion so that people come to you. So it's just something you have to factor in. It always picks up again. So it's, it's just something you have to deal with. And when you started out, did you have an idea of the kind of work that you wanted to do? Yeah. When I first started, I was all about picture books, like my whole portfolio is geared towards that. Um, as it's gone on, like I've recently been really interested in working on comics, so I've been moving my portfolio towards that. And then I love working for advertising campaigns. So it's just it's a very like movable thing, and I like to just think of it as like more strings in my bow, I guess. Just to be able to work on what I really enjoy at the time. Yeah. So what are those various strings to your boat? Because you seem to have quite a diverse way of bringing an income in. Yeah. I mean, I've got illustration for commissions, so like with clients. Um, And then I'm also working on writing and illustrating my own stories and books at the moment. And as as that, I do blogging and workshops and I've got an online shop and I write freelance guides so it's quite a lot at the moment. When did you start doing the workshops? Um, Probably a a couple years ago. It was kind of a a personal choice for me because like I've been dealing with some anxiety and things and I was like okay I'm gonna set myself some goals to just help myself with that so I was like okay I'm gonna do some workshops and get past this so um booked in some workshops with schools and universities um and it's been really nice like really good to to talk about illustration and freelancing with young people and help inspire them wow that's so cool did that build your your confidence yeah beyond just public speaking yeah, I think so. Like 
because I mean as a as a business owner it's it's pretty important to um develop those skills in talking to people and uh networking so that that's something that's really grown from doing the workshops and uh built my confidence with it and it's just it's fun as well just like seeing kids getting really inspired to be freelancers or illustrators I mean it's something that I think a lot of kids in schools don't really think of as a completely viable option as a career Mm. so it's great to talk to them about that and then you mentioned your blogging as well so is your blog sort of sits separate from your like your portfolio type site doesn't it yeah I use it to give a more of an in-depth look at kind of my process in illustration like if I do a, a commission I'll use the blog after well to give an example like I did a um a book cover for a new edition of Peter Pan with Egmont publishing mm. um and for that when the book was published I made a process post on my blog which showed um a little video showing the stages from the early sketches through to like when it looked really messy in the middle and then uh, to the finished illustration and then just wrote about the process and interacting with the client and all that kind of thing like I, I just thought that's what I like to see from my favorite artists I find it really interesting so that's what I'll give back <laughs> yeah it's cool and but as well as giving back to like the sort of community or potential uh, illustrators mm. do you find that potential clients or your clients get into all of that kind of thing as well yeah um with my blog recently I had a client contact me because they saw one of my projects where I illustrated my outfit for each day in a month and um they wanted some illustrations it was just like for a, a dress code for their school and they really liked the style of illustrations like obviously my project was about the outfits so it lent itself really well to that that job so I get all sorts of <laughs> leads from it um even that's, if it's just supposed for fun <laughs> yeah that's cool I, I love that so in fact yeah, let's talk about that now because so what you you drew or you illustrated because it wasn't just drew you like painted yeah. it all in a so you did everything you wore for the whole of October and I think you did it a year before as well didn't you yeah in I did it in July the year before so a whole illustration a day like what yeah <laughs> yeah I mean other, other than that person getting in touch to you like what do you get out of doing that and like is it quite a task like halfway through do you think oh man other, other than if I was doing this I'd be th- I, I barely have enough outfits to change every single week um, so. <laughs> yeah if there are definitely thoughts of oh what have I done agreeing to this well not agreeing because I, I chose to do it but it's just really nice to take on these kind of monthly challenges like I'd taken part in Inktober and uh, Illustrated Advent before which are daily illustration challenges as a kind of online community type thing but for this one I started it as just a project for myself just to improve my drawing and uh, 
see if I could do it. <laughs> As I was starting the first year of it, I was thinking, oh, it might be really good to get some clothing companies involved in this, see if they'd like to collaborate. I contacted companies like Fatface, Oasis, Jules, Laura Ashley, Clarks, Kath Goodson, loads of my favourite clothing companies. And I, I just asked if they'd like to be involved in it. And I was really taken aback by how positive the responses that I was getting were. So they sent me some treats <laughs> and uh, that helped me with the wardrobe aspect of it, like having enough clothes to feature. But it was really good from a promotional point of view as well, because they would post it on their Instagrams and Twitter and blogs. So it's just great in terms of networking as well. And in the end, the, the uh, October project of what Emmeline wore in October um, it ended up with over 100,000 blog views, which is wow. overwhelming. It's great. Yeah. It's so cool. I love it. We'll put a link, of course, in the show notes um, so people oh, can thanks. go take a look. But what, what, of course, is core to that as well is the fact that it's what Emmeline wore. It's like you've created this, I don't know, almost like this persona of yourself, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> like, I mean, there are times in the year where I will just wear black jeans and a jumper <laughs> every day. Um, so I guess with the project, it's great for me to be able to like dig out clothes in the back of my wardrobe and think like, okay, I'm going to wear something a bit different and not worry about what everyone thinks of it. Yeah. I feel like Emmeline, like the actual character that you've drawn and all the, you know, the, uh, the script, um, what would you call that? The, the writing that goes with it? If, yeah. The, you see, that's quite, it feels like Emmeline yourself uh, are meant to be in, in a book, like an illustrated <laughs> book. Or, or, or maybe I, I've just said what your book is. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I always find in uh, when I'm drawing characters, they always end up looking like people I know or me. Um, <laughs> like there's so many of my characters are just like my mum. <laughs> It just must filter in from my life. No, it's nice. So that's one key side project. And you mentioned the the sort of Twitter type ones as well, the Mm. sort of like community ones. Have you done other side projects at all? Well, I've been working on my own comics. Um, It's hard to narrow down what counts as a side project (laughs) because so much of it is integrated with my main work and it's all got its own benefits and... but yeah, I, I, think... I guess. I guess to I, uh, if to give you a slight definition, though, it's like yeah. if if a client hasn't come to you and said, "Can you do this?" and here's some money, mm. but you're doing it anyway, then it's probably a side project. It's like it's something that you've done off your own creative back. Yeah. So it sounds like right. you're certainly like the if the the comics is is something you're doing them. Yeah, I guessed at a couple of comic festivals this year, so. Uh, comics is definitely something I'm really focusing on right now and I've got so many ideas it's just really finding the time to get them all down and storyboarded and sketched out yeah so I'm doing comics and I'm also at the moment writing my first author illustrated picture book which I'm really excited about I can't wait (laughs) to keep working on it that's so cool and do you have like are you doing that yourself or do you have a publisher if you see what I mean. I'm doing it myself at the moment mm. um I'm kind of 
at the storyboarding stage and just like refining all the sketches but I've got the story written out and the characters sketched um so it's kind of nearing the time where I will be approaching publishers with it so I'll probably pop down to London and do a few portfolio rounds with with the manuscript and everything exciting yeah (gasps) so I mean, it sounds like you you have a conscious direction of what you want to do. Like, do, do you sit and plan what you want to do or just go with the flow? Um, I have vague goals. Like, I don't like to be too strict with it because I do like to follow my impulses in my career. Because, I mean, sometimes you just really have to go with where your crea- creativity is really telling you to go. But I do have business plans and goals for the future and it's just intertwining everything to meet those goals pretty much. When it comes to working as a business, how have you found like that side of it? I really enjoy it. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, yeah, I really even enjoy the accounting side of things. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love being every role in the business like I love the marketing and the negotiating with clients and I've got really good at writing writing good emails and everything so yeah I love it would that be writing a good email that is like saying where's my money sort of thing or yeah (laughs) but (laughs) all kinds of emails but those definitely crop up (laughs) yeah that's that sort of standing up for yourself kind of thing yeah and I think I mean with winning the, the Freelancer of the Year Award last year, since then it's given me a lot more confidence in standing up for myself as a freelancer and, and charging what I like the levels that I should be at and negotiating contracts. So that's been great. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, so this is, we were sitting next to each other at the awards. Yeah. And then suddenly you're up there and everybody's taking your photo and uh, <laughs> you're freelancer of the year. But it's, that's so cool. It's interesting to hear that it, you know, it gave you added confidence, you know, like yeah. you're freelancer of the year. Sounds like you already nailed it. And yet actually it, it sounds like it's taken it up a gear. Yeah, I think it has. It's kind of like, validation in a way um and it's helped me in ways that I didn't really expect it would and I mean a lot of it's come from meeting the other freelancer finalists like yourself and that's been great and networking and talking to people and yeah it's just been really good (laughs) definitely like the prize money has been really useful mainly from the standpoint that it's allowed me some time to work on like the picture book and the comics that you know I wouldn't really have been able to dedicate that time to that before because I'd have had to focus on commissions for keeping like a living wage for myself um so that's been amazing and they're the kind of things that I think will be career defining so it's great to have that opportunity that's uh, yeah awesome um to be able to turn down work and yeah uh, how do you decide when to turn down work I've learned to trust my intuition like I've, I've I think everyone's made some mistakes in their careers and I think that's that's fine it's all a learning process but it's made me develop a really good 
sense of when something's not quite right with a client or I can kind of tell when they might be a bit tricky to deal with or unreliable at paying. And I've just learned to trust my gut with it. Sometimes have you been offered work which you felt wasn't necessarily what you wanted to do, like other than the fact that they might be a bad client. Uh, I imagine as an illustrator, well, I don't know, maybe I'm totally wrong, but mm. as an illustrator, you might get offered work which isn't what you want to do, like if it doesn't suit you, I don't know. Yeah, I um, I tend to enjoy like the problem-solving aspect of a brief. So I'm quite open to to try most projects um so I've not really had too much of that but I have had clients come up and they'll have something slightly dodgy in the contract about copyright or something like that so I've I've not been afraid to turn something down if it's exploitative. Was that something that got drummed into you at uni because it sounds like you went to a pretty smart one (laughs) that actually taught you useful things? Yeah, we were we were taught that, but I think it's something that's definitely grown as I've been freelancing, like getting fully into the the whole thing with copyright is such a such a tangled mess. But I think it's always hard starting out and I think I had taken on some projects where it's not been as fair as it could be. And yeah, I'm at the stage now where I will be like, okay, if, if you want full copyright, I don't really advise that you don't need it because licenses are amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm confident enough in myself to say that and try and talk to the client about it. And how about the, the way you work? Like, do you work from home, a studio? What's, what's your day like? Um, yeah, I work from home um, and I've just moved into a new house. So I finally have like a dedicated studio office room. So that's really great to be able to close the door on work at the end of the day and somewhere to store all my illustration books and pencils. <laughs> what does your day look like? It's quite it's quite flexible. Like working hours wise, I, I will usually try and do a nine to five but sometimes like if I'm working on a, a really intense commission and there's a strict deadline, sometimes I'll work late into the evening. But um, I always try with that. If I if I overwork on one day, then maybe the next week I'll give myself a day off. Or if I have to work on a weekend, I'll like make up for that. So it tends to be quite balanced. It's interesting that you went for the nine to five, given that you never worked a nine to five. I know, I know. Uh, I think it's just kind of working around everyone else. Like all my friends work nine to five pretty much and my family and they're kind of Mm. socially normal working hours. So I don't know, I guess it fits into that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. It's a good point. Um, And how about like socially? Like I've spoken to freelancers before who get quite... Uh, well, isolated, frankly, especially if they're doing something a bit like you are, where they're not working as part of a team, you know, yeah. on a on a project. You've you've got a brief, and then you go off, presumably for quite some time. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do miss that kind of studio atmosphere. Like when I was at uni, we we're in 
such a big studio with people milling around we could all discuss our ideas in, in a really supportive environment like obviously now it's just me on my own so that's another thing I've had to to learn is to trust my own <laughs> guidance with like say is this character working why is it not working and and just have that kind of conversation but yeah loneliness is definitely an issue and I've tried to to get around that by uh, going to freelance and illustrator meetups and doing those workshops and um, I'm hopefully going to try some hot desking in the next couple of months as well which will be good. Yeah good idea. Would you say there's been any other sort of like challenges that we haven't touched upon? Well we kind of touched on late, late payment and that's that's always going to be an issue I think for all freelancers. It's not happened that often but when it has happened to me I've had a one particularly bad experience with it but in my career I take everything as a learning experience and you just have to to grow from it really so unfortunately it's maybe a bit more maybe suspicious of clients like if they are like not responding at the end of a project I'm like oh no are they are they gonna pay me oh god but it's made me be a bit more strict in like contracts and say asking for a deposit for a job or not sending files before I receive payment I mean it depends on on the project but yeah I've developed those as kind of safeguards against it and I can I can identify the signs of when it might happen now oh man why can't everybody just be nice that's I know I know (laughs) (laughs) you kind of need almost like a little buffer of money in order for the late payers not to stress you out as much. Yeah. I, well, I think even if you have that, it's going to stress you out because it's like when, you, when you've when you worked hard on something, you, you deserve to be paid for it. So, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's useful to, to have a bit saved up in case of that. Yeah. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself. Make two true, one a lie. And let me figure out the lie. So what have you got for me? All right. Okay. First fact. I went through an illustration of Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen from Changing Rooms and (laughs) I handed it to him. Second, I made a viral video about human characters singing Queen, uh, which has had almost 2 million views on YouTube. Wow. What characters? He-Man characters. Oh, He-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. characters. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, third one. <laughs> okay. Number three, I was an extra in Fast and Furious 6. Oh, my God. Okay. So, Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, a uh, very dapping chap for <laughs> for people who don't know him from around the world and aren't going to be bothered to try and spell Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen in Google either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can imagine, though, that you would have drawn him just from, uh, you, you know, like looking at your the style of your illustrations. Because right. he had such a flamboyant, colourful, flowing nature to him with long <laughs> hair and these sort of behemoth kind of... Yeah, uh, and these sort of like big ruffs and long cloaks and things that I, I, I imagine he would be fun to draw. So I can mm-hmm. imagine you drawing him... But, would you then give it to him? He-Man, you, 
<laughs> you did a video of He-Man singing a Queen song. Did you illustrate the He-Man characters or did you like cut them out of... No, they were pre-found images, but I animated them in Windows Movie Maker. Um, like I, <laughs> I drew over uh, moving mouths and things and animated it in Movie Maker. And how Years was, ago. <laughs> how was Skeletor on there? Was he, did he hit the good notes? Yeah, he's got. He's my favorite in it. And what did you do in Fast and Furious Six then? Uh, well, it was the one where it was filmed in Liverpool in the uh, in the big tunnel in the Queensway Tunnel. So it's just basically me walking in the background as there's a big car chase going on. Oh man! Okay, and where did you meet Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen? It was in Preston at a, a interior design like little event these are all so believable (laughs) fast and furious you see i've not seen it so i don't know i presume the tunnel in liverpool were you would they let a normal person be in the background of a car chase that's the alarm bell for me (laughs) i kind of always presume that the people in the background of car chases are some form of stunt person because obviously the car right. could go wrong. So well, there's different they... sections, like just like far in the back. I'm not close up in it. I'm really not. But yeah, I mean, I did other extras work in Liverpool um, for the uh, Fantastic Beasts film. Um, so it was through that same agency and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? You see, you make a compelling case, and yet equally, Fantastic Beasts, was that filmed at a similar time as Fast and Furious 6? Because aren't they on Fast and Furious 8? Yeah, yeah, Fast and Furious 6 came out in, like, 2013. Oh, you know too much! (laughs) Okay, I don't think... I don't think you were in Fast and Furious 6. Ding, ding, ding! (laughs) You're right, yeah. Yeah, that's yes! right. <laughs> that was such a good... You're such a good liar. Oh, no. This is going to get me a bad reputation. <laughs> I Okay, I prepared a lot for that. I researched yeah. all about it. I went fully in. <laughs> I am so impressed. I am so impressed. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen really didn't like my drawing. He was what? He was a bit... He was quite offended, I think. <laughs> but, well... Seriously? Yeah, I don't How... think he liked me. <laughs> How rude. Oh, well. And, I've got it signed. <laughs> and uh, what, and the He-Man. So, yeah. Is that still on YouTube now? Yeah, it's called uh, Bo He-Man Rhapsody. But I, oh oh, my, I'm so embarrassed genius. by it. Why? Because I, I did it when I was like 16 or 17 and literally just to make my best friend laugh. And then it just took off. And so it, it is not good quality. Oh, my but, God. I've just found it. Ten years ago, yeah. two million views. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You can watch it later. <laughs> With that, though, because I've started using my YouTube channel to do live drawing videos and freelance talks and things like that. But I was like, I can't delete it. I'll just leave it on there and it'll just be an embarrassing 
nugget on my youtube channel yeah i like that the description now says now 10 years after creating this as a teenager i'm a professional (laughs) illustrator (laughs) i've grown up i I don't think you should be embarrassed by it Uh, especially because it was harder to make things like that back then as well oh yeah and i was using the worst program for it Uh, yeah i was using like microsoft paint and windows movie maker that no you don't use that for animation and, you, <laughs> and you, you have picked like the longest Queen song going. Like you should, have, you should have picked "Crazy Little Thing Called Love." Or something yeah, like that. admittedly, I did cut a bit <laughs> out of it. I just, I was a few weeks in, and I was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't do the whole thing." <laughs> you lost the will to live. Yeah, it's so good. Now, okay, I'm going to have to uh, click away from that before I watch it. Okay, uh, there we are. Well, let, let's go back to your. Um, there we are. Back to your shop. Oh yeah, your shop. I hadn't talked about. It. I mean, you mentioned yeah. your shop earlier. I, I clicked away from He Man and landed on your uh, on your shop. Is that like um, a big part of for you as well? Yeah, I mean, I I've got an online shop website and I've also got an Etsy and I only set up the Etsy like a few months ago so I'm just kind of getting into that now but um I really like the community aspect of that so I'm kind of pushing that at the moment and I don't know if that's the one you're on or if you're on the the website one but hey trying to maintain both and uh, grow them <laughs> and but you've also got your cards stocked in places as well, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. How, is, how do you do that? Like, do you have to go to the place or do you find a card stockist? Like, uh, most sort of, of those are through um, a company called Odea. Um, they do a lot of homeware and cards and, and things. Um, and they set up, I think, in maybe 2011. Um, and I was one of their artists, like right from the start. So every so often they'll get in touch and be like, "Hey, do you want to do a new card design?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, sure." And then they they stock it everywhere. Like it's been they've been in the VNA and the Tate and High Street shops. So yeah. that's so cool. That's so cool. And beca- and they contacted you when they first started in the first place. Yeah, yeah, brilliant uh, through Twitter. <laughs> So it feels like a lot of these opportunities really do come from putting regular stuff out on social and going into detail on your blog the way you do. Yeah, it works for me, definitely. And how often would you say you do put stuff out there into the world? I don't know. Like, I've been asked this recently and I said, I think I spend about 40% of my time on promotion, but it obviously varies week for week. Um... But, I mean, when I'm drawing, if I've just done it for fun or just for a bit of experimenting, then I'll just take a picture and put it on Instagram and it takes me no time. And then it just spreads my work to a huge audience. So I guess with illustration, like it's such a shareable thing. Mm. It works really well for social media and blogs. Yeah. Cool. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I think it would be to just trust my intuition and then maybe I'd have avoided some of those some of those bad clients. But I think another one of the major things that affects a lot of, um, especially illustration graduates and art graduates, is to not be tempted to work for free. 
uh, it's just it's so such a big issue in the creative industries at the moment like um companies who can definitely afford it asking graduates to work for free with their competitions as well they'll be asked to submit an illustration on this theme and then maybe just maybe you'll win the opportunity for this company to use your work on the huge ad campaign for me maybe there'll be a prize but it's just it's not healthy for the creative industries at all because the um, if there's more and more people who are willing to work for free that's so many clients that aren't going to pay someone and so you're never going to get past that that level uh it's uh, i get i get angry thinking about it but yeah (laughs) and the trouble is is that other people would sit there and then argue well you know if you're starting out and there's that opportunity uh Mm. to to suddenly have that big client or whatever Mm. and list that on your website or get your i know it's very tempting at the start i i think i did do a couple of projects for at least not as much money i should be paid for but the thing is i think it's more worth your time spending it working on your portfolio and working on things you love because a lot of the time that's is going to be what you rely on in the future rather than just a name of a of a company it's like if your work is really good it doesn't matter if you've worked for this company before you're going to get employed Nice. Emily, thank you so much. Uh, You can, and congratulations again, by the way, on being Freelance of the Year. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Check out beingfreelance.com. Links through to everything that Emily is up to. Check out her gorgeous work and also, of course, He-Man. And keep an eye out. (laughs) Join her on Twitter and Instagram for when her her children's book, perhaps, uh, finds its way onto your bookshelf. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, good luck. I'm glad everything is going so well. And all the best being freelance. Thank you very much.